0: What is up everybody? I am your host Kyle Pagan. Welcome back after a week off of Crossing broadcast for Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. I hope you had some fun over the weekend. Hope you enjoyed maybe the Eagles practice. uh, If you got down there or maybe you you saw some highlights and everything, we'll have Mike Gill come up later at 1220 to talk about that. But first, let's welcome on Kevin Kincaid. Where's he at? There he is. How are you? Unmute you a second. Sorry. Yeah,
1: I'm unmuted. There we go. All right, we got it. We're all good here now.
0: Dude, your mic picks up like the most insane stuff in the world. Oh uh, yeah. Amazing. What do you What do you hear? I don't know. When you move, it just picks it up.
1: Oh well, that's a good. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, I guess you can hear. You know, you get clarity, but you hear stuff you don't want to hear, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. We might have a to fart- sit still. We might have a fart gate at one point. And then that could be a post on crossing oh, broad. Yeah, you know, like they yeah, yeah, fart on f- the broadcast. Was it a
1: fart or was it squeaking here? Was it the chair? You know, is it the fan? What's going on in here? Yeah. <laughs> I feel oh, it's like, great to
0: be back, you know. I feel like once a year we always get a fart gate of like, did this guy fart or did this guy not? I know uh EDP four four five back in the day was a big one. Did he fart <laughs> on his uh on his video or not? Um uh, uh. open practice. We saw everything. Uh Jalen Hurts looks great. Uh, a lot of reports saying the defense looked good. AJ Brown's catching everything. I want to ask you were the beat tweets less insufferable because we got to watch it with our own eyes as fans, as people down there and stuff? Because every <laughs> most the, the uh. biggest videos that went viral were taken by, I think one was taken by E Rock, and that was the uh, Jalen Hurts. To Devon, uh, uh, to AJ Brown, catch and then the other one was taken by another fan, and that was uh, Jordan Davis blowing up Cam Jurgens.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's actually a good question. Yes, um, w- well, not not as ins- ins- I don't know if insufferable is the right word, but right, it was, terrible, there was, less, there was less importance, yeah, yeah, because you had other eyeballs there and you had other people doing that stuff. It makes me wonder, well, actually, that's what kind of I think we were talking about last week or the week before, you know, if you had you know when you had lehigh and westchester and when they were open to fans you know you could see the stuff with your own two eyes so it was less reliant on other people to tell you what was going on you know so but you know back then of course like cell phones weren't a thing really you know not at least not until like the back end of camp like the last couple years of camp so yeah i mean it just it was interesting because fans could share all their stuff too and there's just a uh, a plethora of uh video and whatnot to choose from we had uh you know, was it Jordan Davis pushing uh, Jergens back? That was a little viral guy. You had the touchdown to AJ Brown. I mean, yeah, it's the only thing though. Look, man, when you take the temperature of the Eagles, like putting like thirty thousand some fans in the in the stands, that you got the Giants fighting each other. The yeah. the Commanders have fired an assistant coach already. Yeah. Dallas is Dallas. You got fans yelling at Dak from the sideline. I mean, sure about you, man, but I think we got to
0: pencil in the Birds. Well, yeah, that's... Division. Pencil them in. I know, like, talking anything about Eagles throws, you know, because we're so involved in it that, like, anything that is... You know, I saw people complaining over the weekend that they were being too negative on Jalen Hurts, or you could see what beat reporters are saying what about Hurts, no matter what, and everything. And it's kind of like, eh, it's a grown-ass man tweeting about a grown-ass man, pl- you know, yeah. playing a grown uh, a little kid's sport. Um, but I, I kind of look at it as the Eagles have probably had the least amount of drama in their camp when you take it, when you step back and you look at, uh, Carson Wentz today, uh, something came out, which was just rude. And as, they called Carson Wentz's incompletions an assortment pack of misfires. <laughs>
1: which, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Which, welcome. Welcome aboard for them. Uh, yeah. well, you did a post. Yeah. I, I, you did the, uh, let's take an NFC temperature check post yesterday. So the Cowboys, you had, uh, yeah, Trayvon Diggs getting torched by a practice squad guy and then he deleted his uh Twitter account, right? Um we had a guy if, which if you think <laughs> about it, probably the best thing to do, right? <laughs> yeah, in general. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. like I remember Andre Diller was saying last year he got rid of social media entirely and now he looks like a uh like a monster and like all of a sudden it's like, oh, this guy can play now. So yeah, it goes a long way for you. Let me let me go, d- go down the list of other uh things that other teams are dealing with uh dac gets quote unquote sacked and a fan yells at him uh jerry jones called somebody a midget and had to apologize for it right for using the wrong that was word, the first right? day of
0: camp less than 12 hours that's right
1: yeah uh, right he had to apologize he also had the thing with jimmy johnson and the ring of honor the new york giants had a training camp fight uh the jets had a training camp fight uh what else did we have here oh tyrod taylor replaced daniel jones for a play uh, Brian Dable did not seem happy, according to Dan Duggan, Dugan, whoever
0: he is. Um, we they- had this guy getting dragged out of the pile, which it, that that's that's the I think that's the starting center Feliciano from the Giants. That guy's yeah. supposed to be blocking Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, and Jordan Davis. Yeah. I would actually, if I saw this picture, and I'm probably just as in shape as this guy right now, looking at his belly, I would quit. I would re- I would I would put my retirement papers in the mail. Immediately <laughs> whoever took this picture is 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 getting a strongly worded email oh, and man. maybe a noogie if I'm this Feliciano guy next time. Uh, I step. the
1: helmets just look so funny, man. The Guardian caps they that do. they have them wear. They look like uh you know Princess Toadstool from uh Super Mario <laughs> <laughs> or something, you know, or you look like you're wearing a mushroom on your head. But uh you know it's the funny thing too, is well not really funny, but the both left both Eagles left tackles had concussions in yeah. training camp when they're like barely hitting to begin with and they're wearing the guardian caps. So when you heard that Myelata and Dillard both had concussions, are you now out on the guardian cap? Is the guardian cap Fugazi?
0: Was the concussion 20% less than they were? Then did it hurt 20% <laughs> less? Cause that's what you also have to factor in. Like, didn't they now have like, uh, you know, 15% CTE, you know, 40 years from now, or is it, you know, instead of like 80% CTE in the brain? I don't
1: know. I don't know. You know, it's funny. is like we did. Well, again, yeah, it's not funny. I keep saying funny. I should not, I should stop saying funny. What's ironic is that the Eagles injury report continues to grow. Yes. Even though everybody makes a big stink about them, barely practicing and not really hitting, you know, at least not the way that other teams are at least not the way that Andy Reid and them are doing it. But we have Jason Kelsey today, breaking news from camp having surgery on his elbow uh i'll read you the quote from the team it wasn't much of a quote but they said after trying to work through discomfort in his elbow it was agreed that a routine clean out was in the best interest and would allow for a speedy recovery uh McLean and tim mcmass i think a couple other people said uh you know like okay that's another word for a scope i gotta do a scope on his elbow right two to four weeks uh multiple people saying that they think he's gonna be back by the season opener so, uh, you know, and I guess, you know, probably they wouldn't have done the surgery at this point if they didn't think that like, Hey, you know, there'd be a chance that you would miss a bunch of games. So that's probably factored into of course, but will not practice today. Grant Calcaterra, La Raven Clark, Kenny Gainwell, John Hightower, Jason Kelsey, Jimmy Moreland, Boston Scott, Devante Smith, and uh Tart. So, you know, as long, yeah, as, they- blue tetical, as long as a blue medical tent does not appear,
0: um, yeah, I, I mean, give, good, but give Jason Kelsey his month off. You know, he how many more camp reps does he need in his career? The one that makes yeah. me nervous a little bit is uh, Devontae Smith. This is his fourth straight practice groin issue. Yes. Um, yeah. That makes me nervous. Maybe it's just precautionary. The other one that's weird um, or interesting. Groin's a tough one.
1: Groin's a tough one. Yeah,
0: I, I, yeah. I've, I've been lucky. Knock on a little bit of wood. Never broke a bone. Have you Never done really a groin? Have you had have like a groin
1: pull or like a sports hernia or anything like up in that area
0: No, sometimes you know leg day gets a little sore after a little leg day you do uh, a little you know uh side lunges a little yeah, bit i you probably, know?
1: like fucked up a like that area on the uh dusty floor at the northern liberties rec center we used to play indoor there we used to play like okay. futsal in there right and like they yeah. don't you know everybody's in there all the time the gym's like 100 years old or whatever So nobody really mops it, you know, it's like dusty and we're sliding around on there and I just felt like something up in my like, you know, groinal area just go and I was like, holy shit, that feels really weird. Yeah, describe the pain
0: to the people on a scale of one to 10.
1: I mean, it was like a it was like a I mean, the pain wasn't bad, but the like the discomfort was really like it really affected how you play and what you can do.
0: Is it more is it more straight quickness or is it more lateral quickness or is it both? Yeah, well, like lateral,
1: yeah. When you make cuts or you try to like pull your leg up or whatever, I mean, I, I think playing another sport would be okay, with soccer, when you're using your legs, it was like really weird. I, like, the weird thing about it, man, is you don't feel like you can stretch it. Like, it's like, how do you stretch something that's like up, like in here? You mm-hmm. know, uh, that was like the weirdest thing about it. I don't know what it is with Devontae Smith specifically, but it's like, um, there's gonna be tricky, man, because you get some stuff that it's just like they're in weird areas. Like Ryan Ellis has the whole thing where it's. uh he had this whole, like, you know, they just say core, you know, but you can't really, it's like, okay, you have an elbow that's like busted. You get it scoped out. Okay. I can do this with my arm. You know, I can extend that arm. I can work the elbow. We can rehab it. Like how do you rehab stuff in here and up here? You know,
0: I had a bunch of crunchies in my elbow because I love taking charges in high school. I was just that kind of player. I mean, you had to, you had to be good at something, right? Yeah. yeah, White guy hustles too much taking charges all the time. Yeah, that was me. So I would have crunchies in my, in my elbow for about six months, and then they would heal after basketball season. Yeah, but yeah. you're exactly right. I mean, you got a groin, elbows you can deal with, and I'm pretty sure he wears that huge ass elbow brace.
1: He had the he's had elbow stuff. I want to say even last year there was. Did he have an elbow thing last year? I know in 2020 he got he got like banged, like crunched, like right there. And I think he came out for a little bit, and like like Jiriga came in to play center, but then he put a big thing on it and uh, came back and played like the second half or whatever. So. Yeah, I mean, there's not a, not a, you know, I got no, like, you know, reservations that Jason Kelsey won't be there in week one and, and we'll be fine. But, yeah, I mean, he's logged a lot of mileage, man. Like, of course, you know, it, just, it feels weird. It looks weird from an optics perspective to say, hey, the season, like we're in training camp now. I, what are you going to do, a routine clean out, you know? But I guess, like, once you got going, I was like, okay, there's a, this is a thing here. Maybe we didn't really – maybe it wasn't that bad in preseason or maybe it didn't warrant. Maybe they knew something was up with the elbow, but it didn't warrant, like, uh, surgery back then. And So they're saying, hey – timeline a couple of weeks so we think we can get him back week one let's just do it you know that i'm yeah. sure that's probably what happened here
0: no i hear you yeah, yeah i mean the juquiski tart one is really weird uh personal reasons it could be a death in the family it could be something else i mean a lot of guys have done personal reasons and like there was tyron matthew uh out in uh saints camp they thought he was gonna retire he, he didn't show up for the first like five six days of saints camp i mean i know a lot of yeah, guys do-, do so that'll be an interesting one to look at you know he's only yeah. on a one-year deal uh marcus epps is playing awesome so you know Yeah, man, I don't know. I just like I,
1: I, you know, everybody's made such a big deal about it. Just it just looks weird from an optics perspective because everybody's made such a big deal about them not, you know, hitting, not practicing very long, not whatever, and you still got like eight guys on the injury Mm -hmm. list. Or well, one's you know a personal reason, it's not an injury or whatever, but still, I mean, it just looks funky, you know. I mean, they were they were fine last year. What did we make it through last year? with just Tyree Jackson is like the only like major injury coming out of camp. You know, I mean, I, f- I feel like I did so many like, you know, this guy's injured out for the season. This guy's this this says that. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. whatever they did last year, it'll it'll work this year. And if not, you know, Angelo can complain about it or whatever. So
0: I mean, the 2018 season when they went to the Super Bowl, there were so many guys injured. 2019, there were so many guys injured. 2020, 2018 to 2020, we should have been sponsored by the Blue Medical Tent. They should have just yeah, kept the Medical Tent up. Like yeah, why yeah, in it the down? Blue
1: Medical Tent? One more time in those games, I was ready to fire the Blue Medical Tent into the sun forever. You know, it's like the. They, That was the most uh, frequent recurring thing in any Eagles game. You know, it was just like enough. So I don't know. It's just, you know, I think basic stuff for a lot. I think Devontae Smith, if you go through that entire list of guys, is probably the only thing that you'd you'd truly be worried about, you know?
0: Yeah, I would agree. Speaking of of things recurring, uh, Jack Fritz um, at 94.0. he does a recurring segment called the uh five at five where he does the top five (laughs) at 5pm and he ranks you know certain things you know top Phillies players in my lifetime five best uh you know top Eagles players in my lifetime five best what he did is five enemies of the Ikes and Reese show and you came in and I want to say number three or number four I was number four yeah number four and and I think he goes he goes from uh top uh bottom to, to top so five to one so you were number four are we is this going to be like a, a stern de bello rivalry or is this going to be uh i don't know what's another good rivalry a, a mclean versus uh les bowen kind of rivalry maybe uh, he, that maybe he, we yeah maybe we
1: just punch and, each other in the face and that's all good yeah. for, for uh you know the next 10 years or whatever nbc but,
0: no. versus six abc i mean wh- where's your where's your rebuttal on the uh ikes and yeah. reese controversy here marks and marks and reese marks, marks and Reese. reese. I, I always say ike's and reese freudy let me see if i can
1: play this on here let me use my technology to um... four. number four current enemy of marks and reese goes to kevin kincaid oh. uh from crossing broad
0: now rips elliott's uh, train camp stats yes. thinks they are Fair. useless also rips many of our callers which yes. i don't appreciate Fair. I don't have all of our callers and i would like to
2: defend them whenever i can get them yeah, and Kevin Kincaid and Elliot and our callers comes in number four. Yeah, I got to kind of agree with you there. You know, Kevin and I don't have anything personally against each other. But every once in a while, uh, one of his articles about the show will come my way, usually through you or through Johnny Marks. I think he and Johnny Marks are pretty good friends. But quite frankly, I don't think there's enough positivity written about the show. When you mention this show, I mean, you mention it as if you're mentioning it in passing, as if it's a nothing show. <laughs> when you really ought to be talking about it at the type of show that it is. So part of me thinks Kevin and Gary are slightly hating on the show look, yeah. trying to keep us down yeah.
1: I know well look if you don't respect yeah. the charity camp stats I don't know what to say that's just good information yeah. good reporting good analysis Elliot
0: yeah. yeah, kind of <laughs> was on, on that talks. day yeah I'm yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. alright so, yeah, put yeah, some respect on Ike's name I that's not your like show yeah. well, yeah. when, oh, sorry, when but you talk about reach like you, 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 talking about the show like it's a damn overnight show or
2: something give us a little bit
1: of credit yeah the credit alright um I issued I issued my rebuttal on the site today uh, to fake news Jack Fritz spreading misinformation, weaponizing misinformation. Um, the first one was that we rip Elliot for his training uh, camp said. That's true, that's true. We do.
0: He went, Jalen Hurts only went 10 for 12 today in training camp, no touchdowns. So if you have him on your uh, training camp fantasy football team, I'm sorry for today. (laughs) Shout out to Tim Riley on that. We
1: have have approached that topic with uh, the required nuance, have we not? We have conceded that Crossing Broad and the Philadelphia Inquirer 94 WIP all have different listeners who want different things. And like, I'm not going to begrudge Elliot if – that's what listeners want or That's what his his followers want. Hey man, if they want to know what Jalen Hurts did today, more power to him. I personally would not do it. I think it's useless, but it's more like uh you know, you don't hate the don't hate the player, hate the game, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So that's always been our take with that. We're kind of in a holding pattern with uh Elliot. We dislike the tweets, but we don't have anything personal against Elliot. I just thought like we-
0: I also thought Bob said something very nice about on the last podcast he did. saying yeah, that he understands the bit.
1: That's right. That's right. So we want to make sure we add context here for fake news, Fritz. Um, <laughs> this <laughs> The second one uh, was, uh, oh, we make fun of the callers. I make fun of the callers. I mean, well, that's, that's, true. that's true. Yeah. You, I mean, you
0: give you give me a radio caller. I'll give you someone I'm going to make fun of. I'm sorry.
1: OG Wade, Chuck from Mount Airy, Mad Mike, Mike from King of Pressure, whatever the hell he's gone by now, Ingy um black gritty is pretty cool i like him um andy from Deptford is a dope a uh, nitwit
0: well know. john marks actually has responded i, I think dave has the tweet oh we have a response we have a response dave let's, can you let's pull let's that up
1: response here just,
0: uh, kevin kincaid would miss our regular callers if we limited them to once a week to my i want to <laughs> no. i, I want to say maybe you know we get some new callers in uh, yeah, I, I well, this is what
1: I told them in the story. I was like, I highly, highly recommend going back to the old principle, uh, the rule of once during the week and once on the weekends. I don't got to hear, I don't got to hear Chuck from Mount Airy every every single day. Johnny Marks, Ike Reese, you know, I don't got to hear that every day. You know, it's fine if he wants to call him once a week or whatever, but he shouldn't have like his own recurring time slot. It's not the Chuck from Mount Airy show. You know what I mean? It's Marks and Reese and Jack Fritz. So that's my take on that. Um, what was the third allegation that I responded to? Oh, yeah, Ike and I are cool. Ike and I are cool. He has me blocked on Twitter though for some reason. So I I demand an explanation for that. Must have been too positive an article you had on too it. positive, yeah. Cause I did we did the uh we did the story like last year where we did say something nice about every radio show and say something negative about every radio show. And so I did the nice And the negative one for Marks and Reese. I couldn't because here's the truth. I couldn't find any volunteers to write the negative blurb for Marks and Reese. So I just took it and did like a constructive criticism thing. But I listened to Marks and Reese more than any other show on uh, Philly Sports Radio. I I mean, chiefly, it was because I I was in the car and I was driving to Sellersville every day. So I'd be like sitting there for like an hour listening to their show. Uh, you know, I'd hear Ingy call at the same time. I was turning right onto three hundred nine South, and Ingy would call at the same time every day. But I listen to Marks and Reese more than anything. I like the show because they don't have like a shtick. Like nobody's doing a persona, right? They don't have the Angelo persona, or they don't have like the the whatever, you know. So it's just it's the chemistry of the show is good, and they just talk, you know, with each other, and they entertain and inform at the same time. So maybe Ike mistakes the lack of talk about the show for disrespect, but they don't give us any fodder for radio wars because they're not doing dumb shit
0: are you, you afraid know? radio wars kind of takes a back seat? you know missing has gone once angelo's gone like who who is yeah. i don't want to say necessarily target but i guess yeah who would be the target i mean johnny kincaid and he doesn't do anything will, crazy listen, here's,
1: i'll say this straight up we will shut down radio wars if there is nothing to report on it's we're true. not going to manufacture we are not going to manufacture fake Radio Wars news. I mean, part of the reason the brand lives on and was successful is because there were just, there's just enormous amounts of shit that was presented that was just dumb. Yeah. People like saying stupid stuff, accusing other people of using burner accounts and all all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I'm not going to manufacture stuff. If everybody just uh, acts like normal human beings, there's nothing to report on.
0: Do you think we are behind the heyday, the prime of Radio Wars? Do you remember like that? Like, if I had to say, I would say yes. I feel like the prime, you know, those years were. Missinelli versus um, Bruno uh, and Innes and Innes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh my God. Yeah,
1: that was the prime of absolutely. You know. I mean, there will never be anything that tops that. I mean, like Crossing Broad was, and this is before you and I were at Crossing Broad. Crossing Broad was like must must check website like three times a day. You know, to get the get the Innes versus uh, Missinelli updates. So a strong brand, true. but we're not gonna fake it. We're not gonna we're not gonna do a Jack Fritz and do f- manufactured fake news. Mm-hmm. Radio Wars news. We're gonna do fair and balanced journalism
0: all right well speaking of radio wars, we have our guest on right here mike gill he's host of the sports bash from 2 to 6 p.m on 97 3 espn i'm gonna bring mike on right now to talk a little bit about the eagles talk about a little bit of the phillies and talk about a little nba tampering mike there he is how are we today
1: I was enjoying your conversation. I can certainly interject on all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you let me ask you a general question then? Uh, Mike Gill, a fine mountaineer, by the way, uh, West Virginia University. Um, there's been a lot of like upheaval and turnover in our neck of the woods. I mean, what do you make of just what's gone on in general? A lot of like mainstays leaving, a lot of new people coming in. Uh, you had Hunter Brody down there with you for a while. I think you had Tyrone and Jen with you at the same time. You're kind of like the like you've, you've, uh, you're like the factory for all this, like young yeah, talent. Ryan kind of
0: Sandberg guy. back in the Iron Pigs days. I know Miller. a
1: lot of guys. Um, I had a guy come up to me on the beach the other day, asked
2: me, he's, you know, about essentially like, why do all these guys go up there? And I don't. I said, well, I'm sitting on the beach. They don't get to sit on the beach. I probably <laughs> make generally the same amount of money, but I get to sit on the beach all, yeah. you know, in my, in my off true. days. Um, yeah. uh, I, it's interesting. You know, Hunter was a guy who, He was interning here when we had Harry and Aton on the show, when we had them on the station. I mean, yeah. And I kind of saw that this kid had something, you know, different about him. So when his internship was up, he was interning through Aton and Harry, which was a weird arrangement that we had through kind of Jacob Media, um, which is a whole nother conversation, like about how that show was kind of on our station. But I saw him working with them and I said, this guy's got something, so I will take him to work with me. And I was kind of grooming him to kind of be, you know, my co-host. And he had this YouTube channel that he just was doing so well with that he said to me, like, I don't have time to keep doing radio anymore because I'm doing so well with YouTube. So I, I kind of saw that. Tyrone was in our company. He was doing stuff for New Jersey 1015. He was a producer up there and basically wanted to get into sports. So they were like, hey, you could do a sports show on the weekends down on our Atlantic City affiliate. So that's where he was. Jen Scordo was actually doing the midday on the on cat country. And I had lost my update anchor. And I basically ran into her in the hallway and she was like, Well, I'll do it. And I mean, I don't know how much she knew or anything at that point. I was writing the scripts for her. And she would come down the hall every like half hour and read them for me and then go back to doing the country station. And then I was on vacation at Philly spring training. And when I came back, she was gone. I don't know what happened, but she was up in Philly. And then the next thing I know when Natalie left, they brought her in over there and now she's running the show. And I'm like, wow, look at that. All these guys, uh,
1: you know, Joe Giulio worked here too by the way. Yeah. Do you get royalties for any of this or like a kickback or a, <laughs> yeah. uh, some some kind I of financial compensation? Callback, man. I can't get a call,
2: I can't get an interview, nothing. No, I have uh I actually just talked to Hunter the other day just to kind of, you know, hey, how's everything going? You know, everything was moving so fast. Yeah. Um, you know, I was away myself. I just got back from Europe for two weeks so yeah you were
1: all over the place man you were in uh rome did you see like uh like roma Lazio or so didn't you like ask me a soccer thing or like to explain what was going on with so something they over? signed the, who's this guy w oh, oh paulo paulo uh diballa Bala. yeah so mm-hmm. i guess
2: they signed him that night and the yeah. streets in front of the pantheon were going crazy i mean yeah. i've seen anything like it so my buddy was like, "Is this what it was like when the Eagles signed T.O.?" I'm like, "Not quite, dude."
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, we had the we had the helicopter flying over when Gus Bradley was interviewing uh, here, you know, seven years ago. But we didn't have like people lining the streets for like uh, Chip Kelly or AJ Brown or no. anything, you know. So, yeah. no, no. But
2: uh, yeah, I was in Rome, I was in Croatia, and then I was in Paris, and I was in Dublin. But they weren't planned. That was because the flight situation is such a mess overseas right now
1: that uh, I couldn't get out. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Let me ask you real quick. One more radio question before Kyle, Kyle has a rundown of stuff. Yeah. I just think it's fascinating. Like when you go back to like the original days of like radio, especially in Philadelphia um, you know, they didn't have anybody to fill these time slots. Right. So they went out and they got like newspaper writers, you know, so your first wave of like your Angelo's and your, your Mike Missinelli's and your Anthony Gargano's and your Glenn Mac they were all like established journalists at that point. Right. And uh, you're seeing like a different path to radio now. I mean, you can come in, you can be an intern, you can be a producer, You can be like a part time host. You can be a weekend guy or whatever. But then now you've got a pathway to to go and be like a host, you know, at a relatively young age without necessarily being in like a locker room or whatever. I mean, is that is that I'm just interested in how you and what you make of that.
2: I feel okay. I'm 45 years old. I interned at WIP in 1998 for Mike Missinelli and Howard Eskin. And then the show before that was Mac and Mac. I actually sat in a little. Uh, Anthony Sanfilippo was the producer of that show. I actually played Leo. softball on his uh, softball team when I interned there.
0: How was Ann as a softball player? Would he go to all fields, or would he, you know, kind of go for, hit for power? Uh, I don't remember.
2: I, I don't. <laughs> I remember the team not being very good. Well, that's so, not great if you don't remember. Like, we played out by St. Joe's somewhere. But the, my my take has always been this, and I I don't know. Um, I, people talk about this all the time. There was a time where the guy on the radio had information that nobody else had. The internet wasn't, that wasn't a big deal. So what I had to listen to the radio to, to know that Jason Kelsey's elbow is now getting a surgery. I don't need to do that anymore. So if that guy doesn't have information, he better be entertaining or make me want to listen. So if you're just a guy who's cranky and screaming at people That's not working unless you have something I don't know. So you have to have information that nobody else has. The problem is now everybody has the same information. It's tweeted out in the Mm -hmm. same timeline. So unless you have it coming out in an entertaining way or compelling or, hey, I just like the way this guy's voice sounds, you're going to be in some trouble. And I think that's what kind of changed, like, Being that guy was a newspaper writer. The the thought of the guy from the newspaper was he had information that I don't have anywhere else. So therefore, he's credible. Well, now his Mm -hmm. information is coming from all angles. It's
1: who is getting that information out the most entertaining. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It's saturated. The market's very And I don't I sorry. One more quick follow up. No, go ahead. Um yeah, it's just saturated. You got to do more to stand out, you know. I mean, it's a little bit yeah. it's a little bit there's a lot of reporters, there's a lot of radio guys it's whatever, so how what's what's your niche going to be, you know? Well, and you guys talk, you know, we're talking
2: about callers. I don't take callers. I don't have time in my show. I have enough to say. I don't need someone to call. I could talk for 4 hours to myself, which I Which do. is
1: crazy. I mean, I've done I have full, full disclosure. I've co-hosted an entire show with Mike before. We did like a live show in Atlantic City a couple summers ago, but you loaded it up with guests. And just, yeah, know, yeah, yeah like I do have regular. I have regular guests that are almost like co-hosts
2: so yes. that I have someone throughout the day. But they become regular parts of the show that we do have debates and topics that we will bounce off of each other. I just basically I, I do have a text board that people will text in and then I can respond to the text. But in today's day and age and look, Philly is just a, a town where. Like a lot of sports, it's ingrained. That's what it is. It's like we're used. But most places, who calls anybody anymore? Right? Nobody picks up the phone to call anybody. Yeah. Why would you be calling a radio station? So uh, I
1: don't even call my wife anymore, and she doesn't even call me. We just text each other, you know. So
2: yeah. So yeah. we just basically decided we're gonna go, you know, with text. And and again, I have enough to say that I don't. Re- I hosted in Philly. I was on the fanatic for a while, and I did some stuff. And the calls would come in, and I'd be like, I don't have time to talk to these people. I have things I want to say. You know yeah, what I
1: mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Man.
0: Well, what do you want to say today? I'll, I'll I'll tune you up a little bit. Eagles. You know, when you see the reports from training camp, what do you make of them? You know, the offense has been up and down. The defense seems to be firing all, all cylinders. Jordan Davis is moving grown-ass men 10 yards behind the, yeah. behind the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, when you when you're out there, I don't know if you've been you've had a chance to get down to to training camp or not, but like when you see these kind of reports, like do you think you can kind of piece together how the season will play out by some things you read or you just want to put um, the football down and play? Funny, I've always been kind of described as somewhat of a contrarian
2: thinker in in this role <laughs> that I've had here. I'm always, you know, I'm kind of outside the box in a lot, but on this one, I feel that I'm on par. Like they won 9 games last year with a Far inferior roster. Do we all agree on that? Yeah. Right. The roster was significantly inferior. To win nine games is almost like amazing. Like, how the hell did they do that? And now people would say, well, the the schedule wasn't very good. Well, if you're not very good, you're not going to beat that those teams. You lose to bad teams here and there all the time. I feel like it's it's what most people would think. It's up to Jalen Hurts if he. The thing is, though, I don't think that Jalen Hurts has to be an all-pro. It's, I I was talking about this yesterday in that McNabb was not the most accurate passer, right? He he was a worm burner. He threw the ball at people's feet. And then, miraculously, he was pretty accurate when he got Terrell Owens. His completion percentage went from like 58 to like 65. How much is just adding one weapon to your arsenal changed the dynamic of how good of a player you are? And I think that's what this season really rides on is how good AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. And I really like Goddard. I think he's going to have a monster year. How much better do they make Jalen hurts? Look like is Jalen hurts this average player who I would say, if you're average, can you be good? If you're good, can you get to great? You're not going to go from average to great likely, but can you be average and get to good? You don't want to be average and go to bad. But I think he's like an average guy right now that can probably get to good with the help of the guys around him. And I think basically that's where the season kind of hits. I think the defense is going to be excellent. Bobby.
0: Yeah. I, I'm i interested in that, what you're saying, because, you know, I would say Jalen Hurts is average right now. Can he get to good? Can a good quarterback win the Super Bowl? I mean, I look at, like, last year's playoffs, and you had, you know, Joe Burrow, who came out of nowhere. Obviously, you had Pat Mahomes. You had Josh Allen. Uh, Matt Stafford, who's always, you know, been around in the top ten quarterbacks and whatnot. I'm just I kind of look at it and people are like, hey, you, you know, know go, was go, he Matt who? Stafford? I think Matt Stafford is always in the top 10 quarterback. I think Matt Stafford, if he wasn't on the Lions for his whole career, I think he would wow. have. I think he could potentially if he keeps playing well, he could have more passing yards than Breeze. If you look at it right now, it's, it's crazy to think about. It's it's, the Stafford thing is amazing to me. Like Mm -hmm.
2: you're a bad team. You become bad for the opportunity to draft this quarterback to change your franchise. That's like what you, everyone's looking for this quarterback that doesn't exist really. Like this is ghost that everybody chases. The lions essentially got a guy that you just mentioned. You think is a top 10 quarterback. And yet that team never got any better. And I'm not blaming him, but generally the whole thought is if I get this quarterback, that's good enough my team will start to turn around and I'm always questioning why they never turned around. Was it him? Was it that that organization is just so poor, but most times, you know, you get Peyton Manning, they win two games. The next year, all of a sudden they become a super bowl contending team. And then the the rise happens. A lot of these teams who get top quarter acts, Joe Barrow, the, the Bengals are a, crappy organization they got Joe Burrow and all the things why did that never happen for Stafford in in Detroit that that to me is a fascinating conversation because I too last year was like "Ah, he he
0: exceeded my expectations by what he did in the playoffs last year I will give him that no doubt I, I think it's definitely he's never played with a coach like Sean McVay before um Jim Caldwell I think is a good coach I think he's looked at uh probably not as well as he should be um, you know, it's kind of just, I forget the other coach he had. Yeah, Jim he, Schwartz
1: for a little bit, too.
0: Jim Schwartz for a little bit. I think mean, he might have even had Mariucci back in the day. That might have been too early for him. It may have been uh, at the
1: front end of his career, yeah. He had Megatron yeah. for a bit, too. But and he had
0: Megatron, yeah. but is there anyone else you can kind of, like, you you can, off the top of your head, name? Like, I can't think of anyone on defense that the, he ever had, or I can't think no. of anyone. They always had a platoon running back system and whatnot. I think it's kind of, you know, you, you I, we had Clay Harbor on, the uh, a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about it. And I was like, you know what? How much is it talent, and how much is it scheme? And he mentioned that like, and this is this this is a little nuts, but he mentioned that like Gronk, uh, Gronk wasn't necessarily talented. Gronk was perfect in a scheme of New England, where he's one of the greatest blockers that he's ever played with. But the guy catches everything. Now, if he was playing with Jalen Hurts, would Gronk have? The numbers that he put up. Of course not. He's playing with the GOAT. So it's kind of like it is like a little bit of talent versus scheme and that kind of goes back to Jalen Hurts and it, it goes back to Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen where it's like is Shane Steichen good enough? You know, we've never really seen him run a yeah. team. Um, Is he good enough to uh kind of unlock Hurts?
1: But there's no question now of Jalen Hurts not having enough to work with. You've <laughs> got a bona fide WR1, WR2, really good tight end, good running back stable. Maybe they get another bigger guy. But like for me, Mike, it's like I'm more interested in this bigger picture macro level kind of thing of like, what happens if they want to throw the ball again with Jalen Hurts? and he turns out not to be a great thrower, but they revert back to being a running team again. They go nine and eight, 10 and seven, something like that make the playoffs. But then you have this like rhetorical question for us. It's like, is that what the Eagles want to be? Yeah. Do they want to be a running? Then they team turn
2: team? into kind of like where the 49ers were last season. Yeah. Where Garoppolo, You know, you get to the Super Bowl, but somewhere in that building, you realize that's just like Mm -hmm. uh, it's the ceiling is we're the second best team. And yes, could you win that one game? You could, but the chances of it are highly unlikely. You almost have to play perfect when you don't have a player at that position that can do things. But we look back at things, though, like everybody loves Aaron Rodgers. He's only won one Super Bowl. Like Mm -hmm. it it, it is like, yeah, we again, it goes back to a lot of these quarterbacks are flawed and we live in a society where behind door number two is more appealing than what we already have. And then once you go to door number two, you're like, you know what? I think that third option might even be better, you know? And that's why you're never happy unless you have Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. And even with Aaron Rodgers, you don't win. I any. Guess,
1: yeah. And I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if you, like, say the Eagles end up being like the Ravens or something and say like, you know, Jalen Hurts caps out like a Lamar Jackson type of guy or you're like a Tennessee kind of team where you're more of a just a running team in general. Right. I mean, does can that is that is are the would the Eagles, the Ravens, the Titans be Super Bowl contenders? I mean, Baltimore's got like had a decent run. Tennessee's gotten close, but. I guess philosophically knowing what we know about Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman and and all them, like they, I think they probably think that you got to pass the ball to win the Super Bowl in the modern day. That
2: That, that Lurie wants to pass the ball. I don't like the fact that they're running the ball so much, but like you bring up, What if they start throwing the ball this year and they're having issues? They have the best offensive line, maybe in football. Yeah. So why would you get away from that strength and then use your passing game as the element of surprise? Well, I don't know. Am I going to pay a wide receiver? You know, the fact that salary is wrapped into philosophy is just bizarre bizarre to me, right? Like, why can't he be a $120 million decoy if his being a decoy allows someone else to be really good?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, We want to switch it over a little bit. Uh this weekend uh Phillies bring back obviously the alumni uh, retired Bake McBride and I forget the other guy off the top of my head is uh his name put him on the wall of fame not retired um come on there you go I was born in 1993 man that team was way before my time I'll tell you that <laughs> uh,
2: me too I don't remember that team either by
1: the <laughs> way uh, my producer just happened to hear you and screamed it to me uh, there's good. a side no, 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 no. there's a side conversation there on like who should you know be, be honored and who shouldn't be, but that'll be for another time. There,
0: you know? there, de- there definitely is, but it was, you know, Phillies are surgeon right now. One, nine of the last 10 and all of anyone can talk about is Pete Rose yeah. and his comments and everything. And then going on the broadcast, which I didn't really have a problem with. I mean, some guy curses on the broadcast. It's another guy that curses on the broadcast. I know you got to do the dump button and whatnot. What'd you kind of think of the whole, you know, start where, you know, he calls uh, Alex coffee, uh, babe, and he refuses to uh, talk about anything that happened 55 years ago when on the same day we're celebrating a team from 42 years ago um you know what did you think of kind of the comments and 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 how much does it kind of suck that you know this is what we're talking about when the Phillies are playing that's the thing it's the fact that and
2: this is I think the big picture of this is the attendance was less than 30,000 people so that tells me that Pete Rose was not the draw the Phillies thought he would be and with that in mind the distraction he brought and the cloud that he brings the next day is not, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Mm -hmm. So you could say, look, ah, you know, he's 81 years old. He wasn't all that bad. If that's your opinion, that being said, this is Pete Rose, a guy who constantly gets in his own way and can't get out of his own way and stars for the attention. If he was a different guy and this was a one-off and you're like, ah, he's 81 years old. He hasn't been in front of a microphone in a while. He just slipped up. No, he's Pete Rose. And for a guy like Kurt Schilling to say, hey man, this guy's an arrogant jerk. Like with <laughs> him, I think that kind of says, and like for the Phillies, look, the Phillies are still kind of like an old, like uh family run organization, even though Middleton has made it a little bit different. They get these things right nine point nine times out of ten. I have no – I've always said Pete Rose belongs in the Hall of Fame. It's a freaking museum, man. Like These writers are playing God with this guy. You put him in there. You tell the story. Without the hit king and the home run leader and Roger Clemens, your museum is fugazi. It's ridiculous to have a a, a museum that doesn't tell the story of your yeah. game. Yeah. He belongs in there for that, but you can, you can do whatever you want on his mantle. But the attendance t- – the, the the constituents speak, man. The attendants told you they didn't really care about Pete Rose. Yeah, they cheered him. There were some boos. But if he wasn't there, what was the draw? 25,000? They had 28,000 people. That's not an impressive Sunday afternoon yeah. for a team that's won nine out of ten games. So the people said, we don't really care that Pete Rose is here. That's my opinion. I, I don't think the people cared as much as the Phillies thought they were going to
1: care. People seem to get hung up, at least in looking at the reaction to, to stories in the comments and reading the response to different things that we wrote. People seemed hung up on the idea that Alex asked him about the uh, statutory rape, uh, we'll, we'll call it sexual misconduct, whatever, from 2017. And right. OK, you can split hairs about the question that she asked. I mean, she said, you know, what does you being here? Uh, does that send a message to women? I think that's how that's me paraphrasing. Right. She has something like that. OK, I mean, you could argue about whether, you know, the way that the question is framed could have been done better. But at the same time, the topic itself is relevant, Mike, because he was supposed to be here five years ago. We were supposed to do this thing five years ago and they had to right. uninvite him because that's when it came out. So to me, that legitimizes the topic itself. You can ask the question however you want to ask. And I think to your point, Pete Rose can just say, you know, respectfully, I have no comment on that. You know, that's been I said. I on- understand why the Phillies made him available yeah yeah in hindsight they just probably should not have put him in front of the media and then you get the, gripe, what they the post say, post
0: after all that
1: well you and get then- the gripe. you're gonna get the gripe of like oh they didn't make him available to the media so what you could deal with that a lot easier than him going and saying horse shit and cock high on on live <laughs> television you know um yeah. even if the fcc is not responsible because that's a cable thing but right. i i just think it's like uh, this is the thing that i said take all the ba- take all the off field stuff, take the gambling, take the statutory rape stuff, just pretend like for an instant, just put it off to the side and like, let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about the shift. He still sounds like a slime ball. Just talking about that. Like he's just a crass individual. He just generally. The whole presentation like- of him
2: annoys me. Okay? Yeah. yeah. That he has an embroidered shirt in maroon and white pinstripe. Like this guy's craving this moment. Yeah. Yeah. He's taking the attention away from the team And there he's saying, I'm here for my teammates. I'm here for Philadelphia. Well, no, you're there so that you can get the adulation. Otherwise you show up like everybody else wearing a normal shirt, not with hit King embroidered in the, in the Brian Colangelo collar that he had on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. the, The not normal collar. You know, I think it's funny, Mike. And I wanted to like, make sure I got this point in. It's like, um, you're a little older than, than us. And, uh, I thought it was funny reading some of the comments because, you know, they were talking about this generational thing. Like, oh, you guys are millennials. You're in your 20s and 30s. You didn't even watch Pete Rose play. You're not even qualified to comment on him. Like, okay, well, I didn't watch him play, but I know he was like a 17-time All-Star. I would look at the highlights and the stats. Like, I know the guy belongs in the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Morality. You know, I'd put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. I'd put Ted Nugent in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You can be a piece of shit and still be very good at at what you do. But you know they it's not a generation it's not like younger people have a thing against pete rose and older people don't because i read i read columns from bob ford five years ago ripping pete rose kevin cooney uh anthony sanfilippo they all had the same opinion as the three of us do where it's like he's just like an unpleasant individual so i don't buy for one minute that it's like you know millennials or zoomers don't understand pete rose or like you know it's an anti boomer thing or whatever they were trying to say because a lot of the like old school baseball writers all share the same you know opinion about pete rose to begin with so i don't think he can draw it's like a fake line of demarcation for me i don't think that exists
2: i i i thought yesterday as this all plays out because we were talking about you know he did he was in cincinnati he played in montreal for like a year but you know and then he played here if he had not played in Philly and he, you know, he joked yesterday about he could have played in Pittsburgh, but they didn't offer enough money or something like they wanted a thoroughbred horse. What did he say? Something about a
1: horse? Something like that.
2: Let's say he played in Kansas city or San Francisco. Like I wonder because his whole persona is this Charlie hustle and that he's a guy who just gave it at all if it's not Philadelphia who just goes overboard for that type of player, would he have the same adulation in another market for the style of play mm-hmm. that he had? And is it just because he was this hustling guy in Philadelphia that he is viewed maybe differently than he would be if he played in another market? Like, is he Charlie hustle?
1: Yeah. He played in Miami.
2: Tampa, yeah. Atlanta? That's a
1: fair question. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I, know. I just, I just, my, my whole thing with him is just boiled down to one very simple thing. Like, Look, I mean, you could go back to the 70s and 80s and you could find a lot of baseball players and a lot of athletes who were doing stuff they probably shouldn't have been doing or stuff that would not be, you know, um, acceptable today. The 1993 Phillies were not the you know, greatest group of dudes on the planet, right? You can go back and relitigate that all you want, but like Pete Rose has just had myriad opportunities to just like show that like he's like just a decent dude or he's evolved as a human being or like. You know, say something pleasant in front of a camera, or just like present himself as anything other than a scumbag, and just it seems to come up short every time that that happens. And if that's who he is, so be it. I don't but think uh, he seems to care, to be honest with you. No, he doesn't care. And like, and look, I I think a lot of you know people from a certain generation probably find that admirable. I don't know it's how it backed into some like he became some figurehead for like this anti woke like movement online or something like that. The comments I was reading were ridiculous, but i just you know i i every time pete rose opens his mouth or is quoted on something i'm just like just like show me something man you know and he doesn't show me anything other than he's like an 81 year old dude and he's doesn't seem to care about what happened however many years ago and you know so be it right well the 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 comment
2: that he made to who was it dan gelston like you're not old enough you weren't alive so you're not allowed to ask that question that'd be like Kyle can't ask me about this because he wasn't alive yeah.
1: was played that's such a dumb thing I mean I, not, yeah.
2: I'm not answering your question Kyle because you weren't alive when Pete Rose played, so therefore I can't give you the answer
0: yeah I'm not allowed to rank the top five NBA players of all time because Kareem Bill Russell uh Wilt yeah. they're all played before my time so. nobody can comment on Wilt ever if
2: i was to be asked i generally will say i never saw those guys play so i will not include them
1: in my rankings yeah you can like you can you can recuse yourself from like discussions where it's like you're you would have to otherwise present yourself as an expert i'm not going to say like i know everything about pete rose's performances or whatever but i don't think alex coffee would say that either you know i think He's talking about like a, you know, a statutory rape case from 40 whatever years ago. Well, she's just talking about the findings that came out five years ago. Right. So, I, you know, it's not like she was like trying to harken yeah, she back and ask something. for details of what happened no. on
2: said night. Just, hey, no. what do no. you have to say about it? And he goes, hey, listen, you know, there were some facts in there that may have been yeah. misconstrued. I, you know, it happened a long time ago.
1: Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. I just missed opportunities with him, man. It just feels like every time there's like an opportunity for him to just. I don't know. Be something well, I mean, different. Show uh, something different. The, the apology attempt. Is- oh, coming back after where he? Uh, I guess there was. Yeah, a, I mean, yeah. too- Anthony explained this in the story. He said they they brought him and Alex together. I guess there was a handler there or something, and that didn't go as well as anybody thought it would at the same time. So I don't know. I guess nobody should be surprised. Like uh, at, at the end of the day, it's like oh, breaking news uh pete rose presents himself as a like a sleazeball again should anybody really be surprised i guess not but i was just a little surprised by the reaction to some of the stuff i think people were mostly angry because they felt the question that she asked was like a gotcha kind of a relevant thing and i don't know you could split hairs about that all day but like, we'll send that to the pointer
0: institution
1: and they can uh decide whether that's proper journalism or not but you know
0: i will say like if i had to i guess defend the fan of pete rose it would kind of be like, I think, in our generation, like Chase Utley. If Chase Utley, unfortunately, was was mm. convicted or accused of all this stuff, I think there would be a lot of people who would really have a tough time criticizing Chase Utley.
1: Well, and people said stuff like I, I read one guy's response. He was like, well, Chase Utley said world fucking champions at the parade. And you guys all love that. But Pete Rose can't <laughs> say shit on TV. And it's like, it's not really the point. Because yes, it's cable and like he's an old school guy or whatever, but like I don't know. It's a Sunday three o'clock game. Maybe you're sitting there watching the game with like your eight year old. You know, if he lets one slip, he lets one slip. But there was like multiple cuss words and that. It's just like I'm not, I'm no prude man, but I've got a one year old and a three year old. At some point, like I'm probably gonna be sitting there and they'll be like, hey, what is this? Well, Why is this guy talking like that? You know,
2: the, the here's another part like you could tell McCarthy was uncomfortable. Mm, yeah. And it's like yeah. you put this guy in position that he had to be I'm sure he was like oh my god I gotta do this with and then once it happens you're like you know can you get me out of this situation please and then it's continuing like you know I've seen like because I've seen people comment on uh, people are unhappy about everything but like Bryce Harper was on the other night and people were criticizing McCarthy because he was having too much conversation with Harper and not enough description of the game it's like I get you're not going to please everybody but I think you could tell that Harper uh mccartney felt much more comfortable having a conversation with harper than he did having to be now they don't have a delay or dump button i mean i have guests like that on my show where i'm like uh i don't know that i can keep this guy on i got my finger on the dump <laughs> button the <laughs> whole time like yeah yeah
1: again yeah, it's not here's my thing it's like it's not the worst not the, thing in the world it's a Situation oh. to be in by the way pete rose said shit on tv oh, okay it's not like the world's not going to end but it's just like man again it's like another opportunity for him to be speaking to Phillies fans and present himself in a much better way. And instead we're hearing about shit, horse shit, cock high fastballs. I'm like, I don't know, man. He's just like a, he's just a crass individual. He's an 81 year old kind of creepy old dude. And you know, it's It's amazing though that through the evolution
2: of his life, he has never been remorseful about the mistake that he made. He's like, okay, because he hit it for so long, or he tried to say it's not true, and then he finally got caught, and then he tried to almost profit off of it yeah, to the yeah. point now he just – at 81, you would think, like, as we get older, sometimes you're like, you know what, I made some mistakes. He has never been contrite about the situation. He has continued no. to be crass in that, okay, you caught me. Who the hell cares? Because in his mind, he still has – this population of people that still embrace him of for the player that he was more yes. so than are against him for the guy he is off the field.
1: Listen, man, in hindsight, if they just rolled him out there and they said, Hey, we're not going to do any media, you know, you can see your teammates again and we'll do a celebration of the team and just uh, you know, wave to the fans and just try to have a good time and make it a make it a pleasant moment, like that would have been the better way to go. I mean, obviously, you know, hindsight's 2020 20 or whatever, but you know, keep them away from the media, you know, be play it safe with that. And I guess that was probably the better way to go, but you know.
0: Yeah. Pete's PR people aren't paid enough, I'll tell you that, unless they are the ones uh you know directing them on have this thing. You um one more question before we get you out of here. Um, when was the last time you were at a Phillies game? Oh
2: man, um that's a good question. When was I at a Phillies game? Did I go to a game this year? I don't think so. What Oh, I went to a Sunday game the day that uh, Harper hit the grand slam okay. to tie and then mm-hmm. Stott hit the to, the walk-off. Great so, game. Great game. Great game up until... Training every year. So I've had a spring training game this year.
0: You know, the reason I ask, because I think it's very interesting that the Eagles, and this always happens, the Eagles always outsell the Phillies that day that they do the open practice. But yeah. this time, like you said, it we had the we had the alumni weekend, Phillies were hot, and for them to only draw around the same amount as the Eagles did for an open practice is, is kind of crazy. And I and I got to thinking this, and I think we talked about it, me and some of the CB guys, where it's like the atmosphere with the Phillies games just aren't there anymore. I mean, they still play the same games on the Jumbotron. They still have the same bits. They still, they still um, you know, you look at, you know, overly all, really, all they did was just hire uh, a guy to play 90s tunes, you know, in between innings and whatnot, which are really cool. Don't get me wrong. I love hearing Dr. Dre, but like it just – you, you look at the Mets and, and I'm sure you've seen it, you know, the Diaz walkout from this weekend that yep. got 5 million views on, on Twitter. You had, um, uh, today I saw DeGrom, they just played simple man over the over the, uh, PA and whatnot. It's just, you even uh, Atlanta uh, a couple years ago, the freeze, which they still do, that took the nation by storm I and mean, even down in Washington, they have, uh, you know, the the uh, precedence race, which is, I was there the other day, a couple weeks ago. It was cool, you know, everyone gets up for it. The Phillies, like, pizzazz or or the and this kind of goes back to the broadcast too like what do you what do you think about the whole you know atmosphere and that might be the reason because tickets are down 20% year over year
2: yeah you know think about that place they had that sellout streak going it Mm -hmm. was the place to be how many people in the Delaware Valley are married because they met somebody probably half lit in Ashburn (laughs) Alley right I mean (laughs) that place was the place to be and Right now, I mean, you go to that game. It it was weird. I was at a spring training game, which, by the way, is the place to be. You go to spring training, that's the place to be. But you look around that stadium when you're in a spring – now, I get it's Florida spring training, but you're like, I'm 45. I'm like, I'm the youngest person here by about 25 years. And when I go to a Phillies game, it's it's very similar. And you're right. Like, they haven't really gone outside their comfort zone in that stadium. And now they – look, you walk around that stadium, There's a lot to do. I mean, there's a lot going on. There's things everywhere. I mean, it's an ADD trap. But for whatever reason, that has not made it the place to be again. And I don't know if that's because we just don't believe in the team. Maybe this team will start to get us there. I think if you get games there in October, you'll see that place rocking again. But the the Kapler era and then the beginning of the Girardi here, people just have not believed in this team. And they bring in Harper. You know, Kepler should be almost have a bronze statue for getting those teams to where they were. How the hell were those teams in any contention? Yeah. And then they get Harper. Part of it was like, eh, I don't believe in this team. They don't really. They get Harper, and it's like, eh, I still don't believe in this team. So, I don't know what it would take to get people to out get out there, other than consistent winning and belief that your heart's not going to get ripped out and stomped on. Which wow. what. 07, 8, 9, 10. They had a, you know, they didn't sell out right away in 07 and into eight. It was like halfway through eight. And then it carried over because at that point it was like, all right, we made the playoff. Now we're good again. I think people need to have more belief that the team will not let them down.
0: There's definitely uh, an argument. And I think it just goes with MOB being like, they're just not really a great, you know, they're kind of DOA. They're not really marketable to, to young people, but they do a great job of doing family friendly stuff. And back in 08, back in 09, Was it, it was not family friendly. I mean, I don't know how much you remember, but my buddies and I, we used to go down to, on the train, get, you know, boozed up and everything and go.
2: How many people met their significant other at that point? Or at least had a one night stand, right? I mean, It was nuts down there. It was rocking Mm -hmm. and you didn't even get a seat. People just bought tickets. Hey, meet me at the Mike Schmidt statue and we'll go in and we don't even need seats for this place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I lied. I have a one more really, really quick one, Mike. Um West Virginia plays till two. All right. Okay. West Virginia plays Pittsburgh week one. Um, I don't feel good about us this year. I think we're gonna lose to the Pitt Panthers. Is it a violation for me to put money on Pittsburgh so I get a, a win-win situation out of it somehow? No, no, but I, I saw your t shirt there. I was like, yeah. uh, that brought me back a little bit. That that
2: was one of the games of your of your lifetime. That's the last actually, time we were relevant, by the way. We're actually seventy to
0: strung. thirty-three in the orange bowl. Holy shit. Is yeah, that Pat, that was, White, uh, Slate that that Pat White, Steve Slayton, and all those guys.
1: No. No, that was uh Tavon Austin, Geno Smith. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Steadman, Steadman, yeah. Bailey. Yeah. And then Clemson went on to win like what, three national championships? And we lost in the Poulan Weed Eater Bowl to like Syracuse or something. Yeah. We had a nice <laughs> run there, though. We had that win against Oklahoma with uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We had the three BCS Bowls while Pittsburgh was doing jack shit. But I, I well, want to guarantee said. a win win. So I want, I either want to win money on Pittsburgh or beat Pittsburgh. You can bet on Pittsburgh. We're trying to go to that game. The problem is it's like on a Thursday night. We have three three Thursday night games this year. I'm going to take my dad. We're going to go down to Blacksburg. We're going to see Virginia Tech. You ever been to Blacksburg? No. Oh, they got the the whole campus is Hokie Stone. It's pretty cool. All right. Well, they were my least favorite team ever 20 years ago because they had like Marcus Vick and a bunch of assorted assholes but uh, I'm going as I was a little older and game. wider now. Yeah. I was at the
2: game when Michael Vick shoved yeah. it right up. Yeah. He ran and took off. You know, I was at that game in Morgantown. There was another game in Morgantown. I think it was um, Edger and James. Like, they had to take him out in an ambulance, and the students were rocking the ambulance back and forth. <laughs> Man, and that you know. game, now, I don't know. You, you weren't definitely not old enough for being in the pit. But the pit. Yeah, yeah, I
1: was, I was. They, but they
2: actually got rid of it yeah, shortly after. They gave yeah. that thing off when yeah, I left. Yeah, that Miami game was the game that they said, "All right, that's it." That was the most insanity tailgating I've ever seen in my
0: life. Yeah. Describe the pit to people who don't know.
2: Oh, it's it's, a, it's like, well, it's
0: a tailgating area, a
2: tailgate and, okay. area. Yeah. But it was like, uh, it went to a pit like, like it was yeah. a grass yeah. field that kind of just went down. Yeah, and. You just got your car in there, first come, first serve, and it was like crisscrossing cars everywhere. There was no rhyme or reason. There was no parking spots. You just got – so we would get there at like 6 in the morning to mm-hmm. get like the best pit spot. And the other team's bus would drop the team off, and they would have to walk past the pit to get <laughs> to the stadium. And people are taking full beers and chucking them at them. I was like – they had jerseys up on – <laughs> the top of their trucks burning on fire Miami <laughs> jerseys like they were flags I said now I'm from Jersey college football is like you know yeah. I'm like I have never seen
1: anything like this yeah, it was life. crazy
2: that was the game the next season they, you had to get pit passes and there was only like 50 cars I think they would let in that pit yeah, yeah. and they paved the whole pit and they really watered it down yeah. damn you
0: know, I uh, yeah. I tailgated to- outside of uh, the ba- the basketball stadium was it right around there or no that's all parking lot. Now. No, it's on a different part of campus entirely.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, but How it was crazy, game? man. I, I watched my first game was Wisconsin versus West Virginia. Those poor Wisconsin visitors who were there—they just got totally abused. I was like, "What the hell is going on here? This is crazy!" But you know, the first
2: game I saw was West Virginia Purdue. Mike Allstott was the running back.
1: <laughs> oh man, <laughs> jeez, yeah, jeez. different era. But uh, well, Mike, I don't know, like, I'm gonna—I'm oh, glad I get your blessing for that because I don't want to be disappointed so we're either going to we- get a west virginia win in the backyard brawl or i'm going to make 150 dollars off of a pittsburgh win so it feels I dirty but you know, the
2: wager was not going to be all that much so it's okay to because if you lose it it's not like
1: eh, okay whatever well let's see you- this is the way i think of it how much would i pay for a west virginia win over your biggest rival and i'll wager that and so i'll get my money back and if not i paid a hundred dollars for a win is that a dumb way to think about? It? I think it's okay. No, it's it an
0: okay right. win. I think a lot of I think more people don't want to admit this, but I think a lot of people bet against the Eagles so that if they win, yeah. they feel good. Well, and that's if good. They don't, maybe it, maybe right. that keeps people from
1: being assholes and doing stupid things. You know, maybe it helps the the mentality. Oh, maybe on the next show we'll get Pittsburgh Panther Keith Pompey on here and we'll talk to him about the Panthers. You know. That'll I'll be tough. A, a backyard brawl show. Mike,
0: thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hey, one more. How many couches did you burn on your, on your four years at Was- uh West Virginia over under nine and a half.
2: I don't know about nine and a half, but <laughs> uh, grant Avenue certainly has the ashes of some of my
0: porch couches. All right. I like Terrible. that. All right, Mike, I appreciate <laughs> it. Go, uh, go listen to Mike Gill two to six on the sports bash. 97.3 ESPN. Thanks Mike. Eight, thanks Mike thanks
1: man grant avenue by the way is this area of um morgantown that's called sunnyside uh sunnyside ironically because it was a total piece of shit it was like the worst area of town where i was when i was a journalism major there my beat was economic development around the town and they the houses there got so bad that they classified that area as like blighted uh blighted property like slums technically slums because it fell below a certain threshold of like what was acceptable. So the university bought all of these houses on grand Avenue and demolished them, knocked them down and just basically rebuilt the whole thing because they were just getting too much of a, too much of a party school, you know, wild couch burning, you know, um, stereotypes, tried to clean
0: up. You guys were, you guys were number one at the top of the list. Uh, even like, at least two out of the four years that I was in college, so you guys were still, you know, you had that reputation. But what was like the economic development kind of articles that Kevin K was running? in? it's like we're seeing an influx in meth labs and basements.
1: <laughs> no, it's like you know this
0: property is a piece of
1: shit. We're going to tear it down. <laughs> we're going to put like a student housing apartment complex up in here. It's actually very interesting. It's it's a very interesting story because Morgantown. The honest truth is, Morgantown's really not that much different from like your big. Like a state college or
0: no, not at all. No, know, you know, I I've yeah. tailgated there one time. It was a lot of fun. Very uh very wooded area. Uh all the, and- big, all
1: the big state schools yeah. all are kind of the same. You know, you get these arbitrary like party school rankings that come out every year. Yeah, I mean, you
0: could throw them in a hat and it's just pull nothing to do yet. up there. Like if 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 if, if Pent if Temple became a party school, That'd be insane. You you just can't. Yeah. You can't do things like burn couches in the middle of the street in no. Philadelphia. You can do that in the backwoods of Morgantown, West Virginia, or State College, yeah. or Clemson. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna go to the McDonald's on uh, like
1: what is it, 15th and Diamond, and like yeah. burn burn a uh, you know a couch in the parking lot or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah it, was, it was interesting, man. Mike Mike went to West Virginia like you know in a different era than I did, but they've really cleaned it up. And, like honestly, got a lot of the stuff you read about West Virginia these days is probably. Not accurate, or it's not any different than like a Penn State or like a Syracuse or a, or a you know a a Rutgers or whatever. All the, all the big state schools really are the same. Like they they end up being one and the same.
0: Yeah, we didn't get to talk to him about uh, Sixers tampering or or Ben Simmons news. You have two seconds to wrap up with the Ben Simmons news. Do you believe it? I mean, Rick Bucher, I, I take Fox Sports, everything they say, Colin Coward, and everything. I do I not believe
1: we're... Rick Bucher. No, I do. Yeah. I do not believe that Ben Simmons left the group chat. <laughs>
0: Because. As far as it is to think about that he did that and just it's add plausible. more to the.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's plausible because yeah. he quit on the entire city and his his the entire Sixers team. So would he quit on three other dudes in a group chat, I mean, yeah, he could, uh, I just think that. Fox
0: Sports is always, you know, little brother trying to compete with ESPN for headlines and everything. They do the same exact sets. They yeah. do the same exact kind of, I know. kind you of, got, like, uh, your, like,
1: you got like your, you know, you have your guys, like your Shams and your Wojes who have real information. Then you have like a next level of like, your like like um, Chris Broussard's and Rick Buecher's and stuff again. Rick Buecher was the guy who said that he hated the Sixers process and he's ready to trust the Knicks process, you know, and yeah. then they had like four more losing seasons in a row. So.
0: Yeah, it's funny how that yeah. always comes out and stuff. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Ben tough tough week for Ben Simmons. First yeah. the Maya Jama rumors. Uh, those were actually I don't know if you saw that. I, I know I don't know how much you're uh, keeping up with your people subscription. Yeah. But those were actually false. Uh, him and Maya put I out know. an Instagram story, so okay. I'm happy to set the record straight for you right there. I know you're you know on the yeah. edge of your seat wondering yeah. about. Who Ben's engaged to? Yeah, well, I'm uh, glad we have
1: that updated information on that.
0: <laughs> glad we never wasted time writing about that. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I mean that's really it, though. I mean Kevin Durant requests a trade. Joe Sy says he's he wants he's proud of the leadership in New York, so I guess KD's getting traded. Uh, Steve Nash is making TikToks right now. He doesn't seem to be too worried about his job. <laughs> Sean Marks is doing Sean. Sean. The beauty of this is that everybody that shit on Daryl is now going to do the same exact thing to Sean Marks. Sean Marks is just going to wait until you, let me
1: ask you a question. Do you, do you, are you and Daryl like tight? You always, you only ever use his first name when you talk about him. You never say Daryl Morey. Like when I, when you, when you're writing your stories, it just says Daryl.
0: So the the thing about if you have a very um, succinct name, like uh, Daryl or Joel, like I'll always write in the first person. Now, if you're like a Sean, or yeah. a Joe or a Kevin or a Kyle. Like I could tell I could be talking about anybody. Nope. Daryl, I mean, who else could you be talking about in Philly right now if you put Daryl?
1: Okay. So he's like the only Daryl you can think of in Philadelphia the most. So you're good, you are like on a, okay to do a first name only thing with him. Yeah,
0: me and Daryl are boys. We DM each other uh yoga pants uh <laughs> <Yes>. pictures. <laughs> yeah. It
1: was it was Darryl, Maury, uh Howard, Eskin, and uh uh, sir mix a lot following the girls sir Mix well, a thomas
0: you can just following go down girls, his list daryl of followers yeah yeah <laughs> uh sir mix a lot too which that's his
1: yeah. very own brand i think daryl morey only got positive feedback from the girls in yoga pants story because it just he's one of us yeah normal dude you know it, it was a humanizing yes uh thing positive PR for the Sixers they should be thanking us yeah the the last thing
0: we need is more GMs with burners I'll tell you that in the Sixers organization okay (laughs) if Daryl comes out with some Italian uh collars all right Fire him immediately. I don't care if he's working on a deal to get Kevin Durant. Gives me like PTSD from all that. Yeah. Yeah. That was I actually do wish I was writing back in the day and we had a we had a platform to talk about that. I don't know if you were back in the day when that all broke, but damn, Uh, I didn't want to have a platform, but I did. (laughs) That was uh, 48 hours, 72 hours of just insane uh, reporting. Yeah. What a time, what a time. I feel like that could never happen now. Let me ask Mr. one, let me ask one
1: go. final, um, one final question before we wrap things up here. You're sitting, uh, on a couch right now. Mm-hmm. There looks to be a cable outlet, a coaxial cable outlet and of an electrical outlet right above yeah. your head. Was there a TV mounted on the wall?
0: There was a TV mounted. There was a TV on a uh, on a stand before this. This uh, this is my girlfriend's apartment. This whole house is just so wired. So weird. There's I don't know if this is a new thing, but there's random light bulbs like on
1: the wall. Okay, I thought at first you may have been sitting on the ground because I'm like, why is the plug above his head? And then I thought, okay, maybe they just uh, you know cut a hole in the wall or something and did that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, listen, if we ever you know get this to anywhere and it needs to go, maybe Kyle will start shelling out uh, money for uh, for a studio.
1: We'll get the maestro. We gotta get the maestro on the show. Uh, the maestro, Kyle Scott Laskowski, aka the maestro. He was supposed to come on Wooder Boys mm-hmm. like last year. We was like mm-hmm. trying to trying to book like Obama to it really to was get him, to get him on here. So he owes us one. We'll have to get him on. Uh, the crossing broadcast, and he can talk about uh, what it's like being an
0: internet entrepreneur. And inflation, yeah, <laughs> yep, God. yeah. Um, all right, well, hey, that's crossing broadcast for today. We will talk to you on Thursday. Uh, as always, I forget to say this: rate, review, hit the little thumbs up button on the YouTube, hit subscribe on the YouTube. I appreciate everybody staying with us. Go follow Mike. Go, go follow Kevin. Go follow Dave, our producer. He's behind the scenes. Doesn't get enough love. Dave, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but it ends with a G, and good luck finding that. All right, we'll talk to you on Thursday.